Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem, call 100Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. baby welcome in monday edition of new york new york with yours truly jj johnson stremsky we're cooking right here on the ring of podcast network and honest question before we begin do we have to do this podcast tonight steph do we have to do this podcast tonight can i can i call out sick can i take a leave of absence can i go for a walk around brooklyn bridge park can, can i take my computer and throw it out the window I had to sit there all season and hoot and holler over my Miami Dolphins leading the AFC East, cruise control for their first division title since 2008. In first place, basically all fall, all November, all December. And as the postseason begins Saturday, my reward is a date in eight-degree weather against Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, Reed, Spagnola, Swift, and Peacock. That's, that's my gift for this football season. So you know what? Giant and Jeff fans, you got it easy. You got it easy. You had to sit through slop for 17 weeks. Guess what? Painless. Maybe it was 18 weeks. I don't care. Painless in the grand scheme of things. Torture. Absolute torture. I think I've seen Tua underthrow Chase Claypool at least 50 times today. 
And the game ended about, I don't know, 45 minutes ago. I, I had to take, in, in all seriousness, folks, before we started New York, New York, I needed to take like a 30-minute decompress Twitter session. I'm going to go for a walk as soon as I finish up this podcast. That is an absolute guarantee. I know most of you don't care about my football team. I don't give a rat's ass. They just played today. They played the biggest game of the day. And I want to take you into my futility, my life, and what I've been dealing with as a football fan. Let, let, me, let me give you a little picture. Giant fans, before you bellyache about your team, and listen, there are questions, there are issues. We'll get to them momentarily. You have been given two iconic Super Bowl runs that will last a lifetime. That I would cut off my pinky finger, my toe, uh, hairs off my legs, the bobbleheads behind me. You can have it all. You can take my TVs. You can take my car. You can take this, that, that. Take, give me one of those runs. Just one. You can have everything. Maybe not my jobs because I need them and I like them. Not my wife because I love her very much and my family. Outside of that, anything. Take your pick. So you people don't have any reason to bellyache like I do. Jeff Fang, and I understand what you're dealing with. Trust me. I deal with you, Beningo. I deal with you, Stefan. I deal with you, Fliegelman. I, I, Jerry, I, I, I know all you people, okay? As pathetic as the Jets have been, and they've been awful. <laughs> They're still getting around that. The Jets, we know what the playoff streak is. We know the streak of futility. On and on we go. Haven't made a playoff since 2010. You won a playoff game when I had just graduated college, right? The Miami Dolphins have not won a playoff game since 2001. 2001! So, I don't want to hear from you people either. And that's where your team being an absolute joke all year and being one of these absolute maddening cycles of viciousness. I don't want to hear it. But this is my life. They are going to get smoked in Kansas City. I got no defensive players. I have no idea about Mostert. I have no idea about Waddle. They can't beat a good team. They're frauds until I see otherwise. I'm sick. I'm absolutely sick to my stomach. So now that I got that out of the way, Sorry, I had to do it. I, you know what? The game just ended. What, what, what do you think? I'm going to bury the lead? What do you think? I'm going to come on and say, oh, Jets 7-10, Giants 6-11. JJ, how you doing? It'd be like, uh, what's the weather outside? Or uh, Mrs. Lincoln, how is, it, how is the play? You know, like, I can't bury the lead. Now, if you would have told me, and I take it back full circle for our New York teams, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, JJ, Week 18 of the NFL season, the Jets would beat the Patriots in what could possibly be Bill Belichick's last game in New England. The Giants would go in week 18 and smoke and humiliate the Philadelphia Eagles every which way. You would have probably had a couple of shekels on this being one hell of a football season in New York City. Would you not? 
Instead, what it ends up being is one of the more anticlimactic, meh, wins over rivals that you're ever going to see. The Jets finally end the hex, end the streak of Patriot dominance that has extended all the way back to 2011 at Gillette Stadium, that has extended since 2015 in the Eric Decker game. And they won it in like the most nondescript, blah fashion as Bailey Zappi in the snow is just looking more inept, inept, inept by the minute. So if you're going to celebrate Brees Hall having a big day, you're going to celebrate Huff getting a double-digit sacks, if that excites you, wonderful. I look at it and say, it's another wasted year for the Jets. It's a year in which... The season in many ways ended four plays into the season. You have no idea about the general manager. You have no idea about the head coach. And you have no idea how Aaron Rodgers is going to respond after blowing out his Achilles. He's pushing 40 years old. And the talent around the roster that many thought was maybe Super Bowl caliber. It's not Super Bowl caliber. And how do the Jets get to that point, and how are they in the conversation within the AFC? It's deja vu all over again. But on this day, beating the Patriots, you thought it would lead to such celebration, that it would be this like seminal moment for the Jet franchise, for the Jet coaching staff, for the Jet hierarchy, the feel, the look in the organization, finally slaying the Patriots, no matter how bad they may be. And I think for most of the Jet fans in my life, outside of Benigno, for the Stefans and the Fliegelmans, the Keenans of the world, it's very much a meh kind of moment. That speaks to the season as a whole. For the Giants, this game against Philadelphia you knew it was not setting up well if you were thinking about tanking, if you were thinking about draft pick, positioning, and whatnot. Eagles are decimated with injuries. And with Dallas playing Washington in the final week of the regular season, Philadelphia really didn't have much reason to go balls to the wall for this game. They lose A.J. Brown early in the game. Jalen Hurts is getting his absolute ass beat, and he gets his hand hit, and he's dealing with a thumb issue. Then you see Marcus Mariota in the game, and the Eagles are limping in even with their guys. And it got that much worse as this game went along. Tyrod Taylor was terrific. Saquon Barkley, if indeed it's his last game as a Giant, I don't think it will be, went out with an absolute bang. And the Giants finish up the year at 6-11. and 11. Is that anything to celebrate? Absolutely. But in many ways, and I failed to realize this, and I really dropped the ball when it comes to this season because I identify teams that are poised for regression. There are certain teams that fit the description to a T. Usually teams that overachieved the year prior, teams that play soft schedules, teams that win a lot of close games. You expect market corrections. The Giants last year won close games. Got the first-year coach bump. 
and had a soft schedule. And I maybe let emotion get in the way. I maybe let the bottom half of the NFC get in the way or my love of Brian Dable, whatever the case may be. The Giants were poised to take a step back this year. What I'm encouraged about, though, with them in the second half, they did not quit on Brian Dable. And despite my criticisms of Dable, kicking too many field goals, coaching way too conservatively, the Buffalo game, the Jet game, perfect examples of that. You have to applaud the fact that Brian Dable did a marvelous job, a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous job in getting the most out of the quarterbacks that were on the roster. He won games with Tommy DeVito. Look at how he coached up Tyrod Taylor these last couple weeks. I want to see what Brian Dable can do with a quarterback who's his own, where the Giants are selecting in the draft, high in the draft, top five, top six. Can they go and get their next franchise quarterback? Is that Penix? Is that Daniels? That still remains to be seen. But that, to me, is something I want to see accomplished for the Giants. We know they're going to bring in a quarterback in the offseason. Is it the first round? Is it the second round? TBD. But that is something I definitely want to see happen. Go and get a quarterback. But Giants are going to have something they have not had since the third year of the Tom Coughlin regime. A coach, make it to a third year. How crazy is that? McAdoo didn't do it. Sharma didn't do it. Judge didn't do it. Dable's making it to a third year. I think the Giants have their coach. I think their general manager has a lot of work to do this offseason. Defense is solid. It's not spectacular. Offense clearly needs playmaking help. The Waller move did not work out. They got to figure out what the deal with Barkley is going to be. They want to keep him. He wants to stay. Do they tag him again? Do they work out an extension? I'd be stunned if Saquon Barkley's playing elsewhere next season. I really would. I think both parties have a vested interest in working out a deal. So I do think that's going to happen. But these are kind of the elephants in the room for the Giants that are all down the list until you figure out what's next to quarterback. And you have Daniel Jones for another year. He's going to be making big money. He's coming off the ACL injury. But this is no longer, hey, it's Daniel's team. It might be for next year if he can play. But he's going to have some uh, some company in that room. And that's going to be a major talking point for us as we move forward throughout February, March, and beyond what the Giants are going to do at quarterback. So. This New York football season had lofty expectations at the start. And pretty wild. Went over the Eagles, convincingly. Went over the Patriots, maybe Belichick's last game. Yet, 7-10 and 6-11. And, and a whole lot of uncertainty now going into 2024. So, we can put a bow on this football season from a New York standpoint, and now look ahead to the postseason. And that brings it full circle. Two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. Monday night game will be the Eagles and the Buccaneers because they have to go with the 4-5 matchup because of how they set up, you know, scheduling and whatnot. So 
Saturday, they kick it off. No surprise, Browns, Texans. Then it will be, yeah, I can't believe it, Tyree Kill and his return to Kansas City. And if you like the Chiefs like I do, and I'm going to be betting the Chiefs in the game. I'm just telling you right now, there is not a chance of hell I'm betting the Dolphins. You can't make that line high enough. It's at three and a half. I, I would be all over Kansas City. I'd bet it as soon as you can. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Green Bay. How about the fact that Green Bay in the playoffs, Rodgers played four plays. So they had a very up and down year. Love before. Got to the postseason. Everybody loved the Bears today. Everybody and their mother loved the Bears today. Not me. Packers, seven-point dogs at Dallas. Mike McCarthy against his whole team. And I got news for you. McCarthy loses that game. I think Dallas is making a coaching change. Remember I said that. That's a game Dallas has to win. Then you have the Stafford-Goff game that, to me, is the most fascinating game of Wild Card Weekend because it's Matthew Stafford going up against his old team in a playoff game. The Lions, they've not won a playoff game. I'm talking about the Dolphin futility. Lions haven't won a playoff game since like 1991. Goff against McVay. How good is that? Detroit installed as a three and a half point favorite. That's the Sunday night game. And then on Monday, you got Philly, only a two and a half point favorite against Tampa. So pretty good slate of wild card weekend. I think it's a bummer you got the Steelers in the playoffs, but hey, they earned it. They're like cockroaches under Mike Tomlin. I mean, nobody's going to give him a chance. I guarantee you, everybody and their mother is going to tease Buffalo. At nine and a half, they're going to tease Buffalo down. And you want to talk about the one team that nobody will pick to win. Nobody is going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. I could see some people making a case for Green Bay going into Dallas and winning the game. Nobody is going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we'll see how that shakes out wild card weekend. And a pretty good week 18. An absolute no-show for the Jaguars today. And I love the Titans in the game. You knew they'd play for Mike Vrabel, and they did. That was really the highlight at 1 o'clock. The rest of the 1 o'clock games. The, the only other note was how ticked off Arthur Smith was at Dennis Allen. And normally, I'm one of these guys, hey, it's the NFL, play football, puff luck. But when you're going in victory formation, and it looks like you're about to take a knee, and then all of a sudden you're running a play, I got news for you. I'd be pissed off too. That would absolutely rub me the wrong way. But you know what? I don't want to hear about either one of those teams, at least for another five, six, seven months, because the Saints stunk all year. Probably one of the worst 9 and 8 teams you're ever going to see. And Atlanta, talk about a team that just flushed money down the toilet for me, uh, trying to win the South, trying to make the playoffs. Ugh. That's one of those preseason picks I would absolutely like to have back. So, one o'clock window, really, the no show from Jacksonville and just the sloppy play from Lawrence, eye opening. Four o'clock, it was about the Packers and what they were able to do. You wonder if Pete Carroll coached his last game in Seattle. And then, yeah, I don't want to relive what happened in that Sunday night game. So I'm glad we got that off my chest. Now, before we take some calls, I, I do want to applaud the Knickerbockers. What a job this weekend. They smoked the 76ers on Friday. Got great minutes from Deuce McBride. And you know what I've noticed with the Knicks since they've gotten Ananobi? Quentin Grimes seems more comfortable. It's like there is more space to operate for these role players because when you had not only Brunson, 
and Randall, but Barrett and Quickly with the ball in their hands, the ball's not moving as much. Therefore, Grimes getting the ball two or three seconds in the shot clock and he's just chucking it up. I feel like he's been far more in rhythm. Steven Chenzo has been far more in rhythm. That was their best half of basketball they played all year in the first half in Philly. Second half, Brunson does his thing. And the sign of a good team is you're playing a crummy team after a big win and you find a way to go and win the game. I know the Wizards stink. I know you don't pound your chest for beating the Wizards. But if you want to be a four or five seed, and that to me is the goal for the Knicks as the schedule kind of eases up in the month of January, well, you got to go and find a way to keep winning games like that. So the Knicks, 4-0 since making the OG Ananobi trade. And ain't broke, don't fix it. So keep on keeping on as we move forward here in the month of January. And briefly, before we get to voicemails, I forgot about this because it happened at like 9 o'clock in the morning. It feels like it was another day ago. Manaya to the Mets. Seems like David Stern's plan with these mid-tier starters is that he's going to bring a bunch in and he's going to hope to roll a couple of hard eights. He's taking chances on guys that have upside, that have had big seasons in the big leagues, but have been spotty. I think he feels good about Senga. Quintana's more of the reliable type, and he's probably thinking, hey, can I hit on either Severino or Manaya? Can both be decent? Can I round out a rotation that way? And then I could start pinpointing what I'm going to do for the bullpen. The Mets did not go down the road of, hey, we're getting splashy arm here. They tried with Yamamoto. It didn't work. These aren't going to be names that excite you. The Mets in many ways are having an old school, mid-market kind of Met offseason. But you shouldn't be surprised by this. Mets kind of told you this is the direction they were going to go. They traded away Scherzer. They traded away Verlander. They talk about player development over and over and over again. It was going to go down this way. So, Sean I to the Mets. Decent signing. Decent. Third or fourth starter. That's the way I see it. Let's have a bunch of three and four starters. Can they roll the dice and get a little upside? That's the question. All right, we'll come back. Voicemails. Uh, I'm just... I feel like Kendall Roy at the end of succession. For those of you watching the show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That long walk after this podcast is going to be therapeutic. I'm glad I still have a voice. I have voicemails when we come back. As good as the regular season is, there's nothing like NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. Six games... Three days for these teams. It's win or go home, but you'll always have a spot in the playoffs with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. FanDuel has so many ways for you to pick up a W. And so I just watched the Miami Dolphins lose to the Buffalo Bills in a winner take all. Have you seen their defense and the injury report? Have you seen two in these big games? I'm giving you a little friendly advice. Go bet against my team. At least you'll be happy on Saturday. Get that one as soon as possible. Go bet against my team. So if you want to follow my pick, go to FanDuel right now. New customers get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash NYNY to join today. That's FanDuel.com slash NYNY. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus at present in select states. First online real money wager only. 
$10 first deposit required. Bonus issues, non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, here we go. Voicemail time, 917-382-1151. I uh, just got a notification that Arthur Smith got fired by the Atlanta Falcons. Listen, I root for people who lose their jobs, but, I mean, Arthur Smith deserved to lose his job. I uh, got to be honest. His team stunk. He couldn't develop a quarterback. Way too stubborn when it comes to Desmond Ritter. So, Atlanta, one of those teams that will be in the market for a new head coach. All right, let's hear some voicemails. Cry, Eagles, cry. On the road to misery. What's up, JJ? It's Pete in Westchester. How you doing, bro? Look, man, never going to feel bad about beating the shit out of the Eagles. Doesn't happen very often. Probably about once every five years at this point. But I got a big grin on my face. Game's not even over yet, but they just pulled their starters, took it to them, and I'm happy about that, man. I don't care. Draft position, dropping a few spots, whatever it is. I want to win every single game. I'm like Beningo. I want to win, and I want to embarrass the Eagles and Philly every chance I get. Rough week for Philly. Rough week. Knicks just beat the piss out of the Sixers, and now the Giants are taking it to the Eagles in the last game of the year. So I got a smile on my face, New York over Philly, every single day of the week. And then I just wanted to say something about, I think my first ever phone call to you was, you know, your first show or one of your first shows, 2021, springtime-ish. And my question to you was, as a neutral observer, Dolphins fan, how do you feel about, it was the, the Jets that just traded Sam Darnold, and I said, what would you rather be? Or who do you believe in more going into that season? The Jets or the Giants? And the Giants still had Gabe Gettleman. We were a bit of a disaster at that time, which in your, your take was 100% accurate. I don't think anyone could argue with you. You said you take the Jets. And look what's happened over the last few years, man. The Jets are, have not been to the playoffs. Giants have won a playoff game in that time. They have a disaster of a front office, a disaster of a coaching staff. And granted, we're both ending up this season in the same place. But I mean, like you said the other day, we've got to be riding with the Giants at this point, right? I mean, we've, Really, you know, not the season either team wanted, but I'm feeling a lot more confident, obviously, about the Giants heading into next year. And I think we've got still the right infrastructure in place to take this back to the playoffs next season and looking forward to that. And last but not least, I just wanted to say your dinner with Stefan, you guys, you balled out. Boogers look like a great time. I saw the story on Instagram. Steak looked absolutely perfect. Would you guys ever consider, just throwing this out there, would you ever consider down the line, maybe next holiday season, or next year, or whenever it is, maybe doing a dinner with a fan as like maybe for charity, raffling it off? Just putting it out there because mainly because I'm jealous. I've never been to Luger's. I've been to some other steakhouses in the city. But um, we'd love to, you know, maybe that's something you guys want to consider going forward because, um, yeah, just throwing it out there. All right, man. Hope the Dolphins do well tonight. Good luck. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, you had a great idea. Followed up with a terrible, sad thought because uh, I don't want to rehash that Dolphin game. That is a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous idea about maybe uh, auctioning off a little dinner. For charity. I mean, we got to figure out, you know, how we go about that. You know, there are legal ramifications that come with it. So I don't want to break uh, any company rules by saying I'm definitely going to do it, but I am definitely intrigued. And I think it's a brilliant idea. And it's something we need to be reminded of as we hit next year's holiday season. So I like a good suggestion when I hear one. Now, as far as the point you made, forget about the win. And, and I get it. Giants have been owned by the Philadelphia Eagles for the last two decades. So you maybe feel good about sticking it to them. If you're asking me right now to look at the future, Jet future, Giant future, who am I more bullish on? It's the Giants because of their infrastructure. 
And, and I know that I'm turning away a future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's 40 years old and he's coming off of 20 Achilles. I, I have no idea what he's going to look like next year. I know he's going to be hungry. I know he's going to have something to prove. I have no idea what he's going to look like. So is that a fair and reasonable point to have? Yeah, it is. And if you're going to ask me between Joe Douglas and Joe Shane, I've seen more of a body of work with Joe Douglas that now is starting to leave a lot to be desired. And Robert Sal and Brian Dable's not close. If I had a choice for one of those guys to be my coach, I'm taking five seconds. Brian Dable, be my guy. Robert Salah, no thanks. So that's something the Jets are working with here from a negative standpoint. I have major doubts about their GM and their head coach. And I felt really good about the GM about a year and a half ago. I really did. It's funny how that can change when you whiff in free agency. Maybe it's partially due to Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. You whiff in the draft. You fail on the offensive line. You don't get a second wide receiver. I've soured on Joe Douglas. I can't sugarcoat it. Go prove me wrong in the offseason. That's what the Jets can do. I'm very down on the Jets. The Jets can shut me up next year by Rodgers playing great, making some good moves in the offseason, and getting in the playoffs. They can do that. But you've got a long, long way to go until that becomes a reality. All right, let's take three more. All right, let's hear another. JJ, Sean from Belmar. Big NFL day, but a quick Knicks question. Uh, I know you're against it, but why wouldn't you trade for Donovan Mitchell? Let's say it's 80% of what Cleveland gave up. Let's say it's Grimes, the 48 contract, McGrady, Sims, and all the first-round picks the Knicks have. But still, why not? Picks are lottery tickets. Stars are scarce. And right now, fun as it is, this is a regular season team. With Mitchell, you are a legitimate threat to everyone in the East, with the possible exception of Boston. But even Boston is one injury away. I watched the Knicks dismantle Philly. I watch Milwaukee lose four out of four to Indiana, and with Giannis Middleton, Dame, and Lopez get blown out Saturday by a Houston team playing a back-to-back. Miami's a year older and not as deep. And the Mitchell you'd be getting is not the Mitchell that took it on the chin the last couple of playoffs, who's played his whole pro career in Utah and Ohio, not exactly places with a lot of pizzazz or spotlight for a brother from NYC. Bring him back to the city. And the point that he's a bad fit with Brunson and undersized defensively is not at all unfair, but it is a little unfair to say that because Mitchell doesn't fit with Darius Garland, he wouldn't fit with Jalen Brunson. Garland is a poor man's Trey Young, who's 24, Mobley's 22, they're super young in Cleveland, the coach there stinks here, the coach is legit, the culture is established, the best players are 27, 28, 29, Brunson's a real leader. You call them your favorite Knicks since Ewing, and then you compare him to Darius Gaughan, who's fine, but he's more like a Terry Rozier, C.J. McCollum-level player. You might even get a peak Mitchell who's better than the lights-out playoff stud that he was when he had Quinn Snyder and Gobert and Ingles and Clarkson and a real team, but still a significantly worse roster than he would have here in New York. Why hold on to the picks? Why not at least make that offer to the Cats? Thanks, as always, and love the show. Well, Sean, I appreciate the call and the commentary. Look. Donovan Mitchell is a terrific offensive player. I think he's a terrible fit with Jalen Brunson. I just do. I think he needs the ball in his hands. I think you end up in a situation where you're very compromised defensively in the backcourt. I just don't love the fit. And I understand Donovan Mitchell has been playing the seed to try to get to New York. He thought he was coming here a couple of years ago. They didn't want to move Barrett. They didn't want to move IQ, whatever the case may be. I saw Brunson eat Donovan Mitchell's lunch. And I'm at the point now, 
from a Knicks perspective where I'm trying to build a championship team. Do I think a nucleus, and you're going to cap out if this is your team, do I think a nucleus of Brunson, Mitchell, Randall is winning a championship? I don't. So I'm not kind of tying myself into that. So I would pass on Donovan Mitchell, which is something I would not have said a couple of years ago, but the more and more I've thought about it, the more and more I've seen Jalen Brunson kind of do his thing, and then you watch Donovan Mitchell do his thing with Garland, even though you're saying, oh, it's a young team, Garland's a different fit, Brunson will make it work. I'm not saying the Knicks wouldn't have success. They would have success. They'd be a winning team. I just don't think it would really change their ceiling that much. Am I crazy to say that? I don't think so. Let's take two more. Hey, JJ, it's Anthony from Tom's River. I was listening to your podcast on Friday, and I heard you mention about some of the pitching acquisitions that the Yankees should make a target, whether it be Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery or even trading for, like, Dylan Cease. Um, I kind of want to get your take on the whole Trevor Bauer situation. Um, he was making his rounds on TV and radio on Friday or last week, and um, just kind of want to know if, like, you heard the interview and, and where you stand on him, whether it be him signing in New York for whether it be the Yankees or the Mets. Um, you know, as a Yankee fan, um, obviously, I'd be conflicted bringing him in. Um, I think he could obviously help the team, but obviously with the baggage that he has, um, especially with all the the uh, lawsuits that he was um, involved in over the past couple of years. But at the same time, I'd be hypocritical um, not having him on the team when the Yankees in recent memory had people like, or all this Chapman and Domingo Herman. So um, obviously every circumstance is different, but just kind of want to get your take on it. Um, I figure he's a guy that can definitely help both ball clubs and may not get a long-term deal. So maybe a short-term type thing, which maybe is best suited for the Mets and maybe more likely that the Mets go in that direction than the Yankees. But um, obviously having him in the rotation with Cole uh, as a Yankees fan would be something to really look forward to. So just kind of want to get your thoughts on uh, if you heard the interview, uh, what's your take on it? And if you think the Yankees or the Mets uh, should pursue them this offseason. All right, JJ, take care. So I did not hear Bauer uh, with Lakata the other day. I, I did not. Um, I don't think there's a chance in hell the Yankees are going near Trevor Bauer. I think Garrett Cole can't stand him. They were college teammates. Bauer could try to sit there and say whatever the hell he wants. I don't think there's any way Garrett Cole wants to be in pitching rooms dealing with that guy every fifth day. Uh, or four days a week or whatever the case may be. No, it's not even every fifth day. It's got to deal with Bauer in the clubhouse for eight, nine months. Yankees are going a different direction. They are not bringing that baggage into their team. And, and I would say that the Mets would be a fit, except for the fact that they flirted very aggressively with Trevor Bauer a few years ago. Offered him a whole lot of money. And I'll probably count their lucky stars. They did not have to go and give him that deal. I know he's trying to go down the road of damage control. And I know he's trying to make the argument that, you know, what was being said about him and the accusations that were out there were not nearly as quote unquote extreme. But I, I don't think Cohen is going to want to have the backlash of that Trevor Bauer storyline. I just don't. I don't think he's employed for either of the New York teams. So he might try to go and make the rounds on media and he might try to, you know, make the case that he should be pitching, but I think it's kind of desperation. Somebody will sign him. I just don't think it will be the Yankees or the Mets. Let's take one more. 
Hey, JJ, Justin in Miami. Look, sorry about your Dolphins. Um, I love your coach. I wouldn't, I don't love your quarterback. I, I, if I'm Miami, I can't pay Tua 200 million based on what I've seen this year. I, I think I'd take my chances with McDaniel finding a guy like his mentor Shanahan did with Brock Purdy. It's going to be really interesting to see how they handle it though. Uh, you know, as for New York, it was kind of like a New York Philly massacre this weekend between the, the Giants, Eagles, and, and the Knicks. I mean, you got to think the Knicks have a great shot to be fourth in the East with what you see so far. I mean, I don't think it changes the ceiling, but there definitely seems to be a good fit here between OG and Julius and Brunson. And for the Giants, look, I mean, any the big one, you got this hasn't been a good year, but the Eagles have beaten them up so consistently. And, and, and the Eagles, you can't say today that this was about them sitting guys because they were getting their ass kicked while their players were playing. And they were trying. So, I mean, it might be more about Philly than the Giants. I, I still think you got to draft a quarterback. Uh, but I, I'll give Dayball credit for this. The team did play hard down the stretch. They beat a couple playoff teams in Philly and Green Bay. They should have beat the Rams, arguably. And, and maybe that's something to build on. But you got to find a quarterback solution. We can't go into 2024 with Daniel Jones as the unquestioned starter because John Mara would, would date him if it, it wants his daughter to date him. Talk to you later, buddy. Justin? I agree with the giant assessment. They whoop Philly every which way. I do think it speaks more to what's going on with the Eagles. The Eagles have serious issues. The Eagles have serious problems. They're dealing with injuries. Their defense is not what it was a year ago. And this game didn't mean a ton to them. But the warning signs have been there with Philadelphia the last few weeks. And for the Giants, look, it's pretty simple. You feel good about the hierarchy. You feel good about the GM, the head coach. Get the quarterback. And that's what this offseason, I think, is going to be about in many ways. And I think it will be happening come draft time. And listen, Tua's got to eat it tonight. I mean, there's no other way around it. He was terrible in the second half. He's thrown into double coverage. When he didn't need to on second down, to chase Claypool of all guys. I mean, that can't be. But the decision with Tua, and they picked up his fifth-year option, so he's going to be on the team next year in Miami. Look at the numbers he put up. You want to tell me he's not playing great against the great defenses? It's accurate. I mean, that's narrative that's totally accurate. And against playoff caliber teams, you know, I think he's thrown like seven touchdowns, six interceptions. And his yards per completion are like seven compared to what it is throughout the regular season. But, I mean, he led the league in passing. He threw for 29 touchdowns and 14 interceptions and played all the games this year. I think it is a monstrous game for him in Kansas City on Saturday night. That defense embarrassed him in Germany. That was one of two of his worst games of the year. They were all out of swords. He was all out of rhythm. He's going to have to play this game in five-degree temperatures, and I have serious thoughts that he's going to play well. But as far as what the Dolphins do, how many guys are going to go put up numbers like that? What did Mike McDaniel's offense look like with Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater running the team last year? I mean, you tell me. Now, if your narrative is, hey, Tua can't get you to a certain point, maybe that's the take. I hope it's not. Because that's going to be a tough pill for me to swallow. 
And there's a likable kid. And he's got a really cool story. There are definite positive intangibles about him, but I mean, the big game and the big moment, he's just not been there in the NFL. You can't argue it. His numbers are there. But that that look, that it factor, it's lacking. He has it in many ways from an intangible standpoint, and you've seen it in many ways, but in the big game, you have not. He's going to get the chance. You're playing the Super Bowl champs in five-degree weather when nobody in America is going to give you a chance to win a game. Not a soul. Who in their right mind is picking Miami on Saturday night? I won't be. Spoiler alert, I will be on the Chiefs Saturday night. The question is, how much do I actually bet on the game? Because do I, do I want to put myself in a position where financially I'm going to be annoyed if Miami wins? I'm not. Because they haven't won a playoff game in 20-something years. I, I gladly write the check right now. Take it. Be done with it. But I normally don't roll that way. I don't think they're winning the game. See, this is why I am not wired to be an NFL head coach or an NFL player. You lose a game like they did against Buffalo. Crushing. Down to the wire, hard fought, crushing. You got to snap out of it, report to work, get to practice probably on on Tuesday. Mike McDaniel's probably not sleeping. He's probably re-watching the entirety of the Buffalo game and the entirety of the Kansas City game and trying to figure out what he can do differently. Newsflash, Mike, run the football. Please, run the football. But that's what they have to do. Me, I'm going to bellyache about it until Saturday. And the worst part about this on Saturday, forget about the dopey game being on Peacock. That's bad enough. It's bad enough I'm going to see Taylor Swift 10 zillion times. I'm going to be watching that game Saturday with Simmons, Sal, Dolphin Hater 1 and 2, Raheem and House, which will be great, Jacko, which will be outstanding. I can't wait to see Jacko. I hope he's winning for the Dolphins. I think he will be for me. But, I mean, not what I envisioned. Wildcard weekend on Saturday, no less. Is it better that game Saturday? Yeah, probably is. Get it out of it. Just, just put me out of my misery. Honestly, just put me out of my misery. All right, let's take... All right, speaking of putting me out of my misery, trivia time. We'll take a break, uh, and then we'll hear Larry, which I'm sure is going to be a disaster, and uh, Jeff Money with a pick on Michigan and Washington. I've been struggling on the game. Had a winning week 18. Doesn't feel like it, but a winning week 18. All right, let's go. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Au contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. 
They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. Ugg has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at Ugg.com. Trivia time. All right, Larry. Let's go. JJ, Larry, two questions. Question one, what running back has the best rushing average with at least 150 carries? Question two, what four teams are winless in their own division? I'm out. Four teams winless in their own division. Well, the Jets beat Buffalo and New England. They're out. Winless in their own division. I mean, you got to think about real crummy teams. Arizona Cardinals. One down, three to go. Felt good about that. Winless in their own division. Washington Commanders. Two down, two to go. Now, this is where it gets tricky. This is where it gets tricky. Los Angeles Chargers. See, I knew it was going to get tricky. We got to get two more. Winless in their own division. Cincinnati? No, Cincinnati beat Cleveland today. I, I take that back. I take that back. Well, Jay, I'm going to give you this. They, this was, remember, he asked this question prior to today's game starting. So I'm going to give you the Bengals. The Bengals are correct. I appreciate that because you are correct. If this question came in before the activity today, Cincinnati would have been an accurate answer. Now, Stefan, would you say that the final answer of this question was impacted by week 18 or no? Correct. This team was impacted by Week 18. It was impacted by Week 18. Okay. Winless own division. Carolina Panthers. That's right. Carolina beat Atlanta. Wanted to forget about that. Wanted to forget about that. Who am I missing? Winless in their own division. I'm like going through the teams. Steph, I, uh, I, I'm done. Who's the last team? Tennessee Titans. That's right. Well, hold on a second. The Giants beat Washington. That can't be accurate. No, they t- these teams didn't win in their own division. But the Giants beat Washington. But you named Washington, not the Giants. Oh, I understand that, but... Who there's one more team? Am I missing one more team? No, you got your four teams. Your four teams were the Bengals, the Titans, the Commanders, and the Cardinals. Oh, I didn't say the Titans. Well, that changed the week 18. Ah, yes. There we go. 
That's now, the team you wave the white flag on. There we go. Tennessee time. There you go. All right. Now, question two. This is with the running backs. Running back with at least 150 carries. Highest yard per carry. This is tough. Stefan, AFC or an NFC running back? This is an NFC running back. NFC running back. Okay. NFC running back. Is it Kyron Williams? Mm. Nah, I didn't have enough carries. Didn't have enough carries. That makes sense. McCaffrey. It's not McCaffrey. NFC running back. Saquon? I am blanking here. Is it Jameer Gibbs? There we go. There we go, Larry. Grinded it out here on this somber Monday. Grinded it out. All right, Jeff Money. before we say goodbye, we got a national championship game. Uh, you got a pick. Let's hear it. What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper pick. So it'll be for a Monday the 8th, the national championship game. I'm going to go with Washington. Right now, the line now, the line was four and a half this morning. Now it's showing plus five and a half over Michigan. So I think it's going to be a close field goal battle, like a four-point game, maybe the most. So I'm going to go with Washington. We'll go by your line. But I'm showing Washington plus the five and a half. And everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Well, Jeff Money, we, my friend, are going to be heads up in the national championship game. I know the Washington story is fantastic. I know they have tiger blood. I know Michael Penix has been off the charts. I don't think Washington has seen a team as physical as Michigan. And the fact that this line got to five and a half in some places, it's now settled back again at four and a half. I think it's telling. I think Michigan's physicality and the fact that They've kind of played this us against the world kind of ridiculous narrative after everything that went down with Harbaugh, but it's galvanized them, so it has worked. But I think what has galvanized them even more, the defeats of the last couple of years. They've gotten to the playoff. They lost a terrible game to TCU last season. Two years ago, they beat Ohio State. They're hungover. There's no doubt about it playing that game, and they looked flat getting into the title game. I don't think that's going to be the case for Michigan. I think they're going to be ready to go. You wonder if it's going to be Harbaugh's last game and then he takes his talents to the NFL. And you know he has unfinished business in the NFL. But my feeling is Michigan. Good game. Under. Let's say uh, 27-20. Wolverines. Close game, fun game, but Michigan covers the numbers. Under the total of 56 and a half, and Michigan covers four and a half. 27-20. The official Gistremski prediction. That's our show. We'll have a pot on Thursday. Getting you set 
for all the wild card games. Benigo will join us for old school, new school. I gain a game. I got a lot of work to do if I'm going to catch show in the playoffs. I may have to go heads up in a lot of these games. So there will be a little strategy involved for me. Um, that's just the way it goes. Joe is probably going to go first on all these, at least until I maybe catch him. Or maybe we'll alternate. I haven't even decided. Honestly, I need to go for a long walk. I know it's like 1.30 in the morning as I tape this right about now, but what a brutal day. Brutal, brutal day. Uh, you've got to uh, witness the range of emotions for me after a devastating, soul-crushing Miami Dolphins loss. So, there's that. All right. Enjoy your Monday, everybody. Uh, we'll see what transpires. I'm sure it'll be an interesting week. It always is. Maybe a surprise. Good job, Steve. I need a walk. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas. Under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem. Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org slash Connecticut. 109 within Indiana. 105-22-4700. Or Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.